podcast is not for the weak-minded or easily offended. You're listening to the Rancho Ramos podcast. This episode, as always, contains language that may not be suitable for all listeners. The following podcast contains language that may not be suitable for all listeners. Hey, how's it going, everyone? Thanks for tuning in. Uh, this is going to be um, my first podcast. This one here is going to be the first in a series that I'm going to be doing about my life, how I grew up. I'm going to keep it 100% real. The way, the only way I know how to be is real, so I'm filtered, and I'm going to let you know my life. And I was supposed to release the first episode August 31st, but because um, I thought it was going to take me that long to actually come up with something, but uh, I sat down and um, first I wrote like a script, but then after I just said, fuck it, I just, you know, I did have an outline, but I just kept going and, you know, this is the end result of it. It's my first one, so we'll see how it goes. Um, here it is, and I hope you guys like it. Don't forget to subscribe. And here we go. Episode one, the beginning. Well, my mom came from Guadalajara, Jalisco in the 70s. My father also came from Guadalajara, Jalisco. My mom became pregnant with me. My father didn't want me and uh, wanted my mom to have an abortion. My mom said no. No, she wanted to have me. Uh, You know, she wanted to have a son. It was hard for my mom. They split up, and uh, my mom was forced to move move in with her uh, with a female friend of hers, uh, where we lived for a while. Sometime later, uh, my mom found a a letter that my father had written to one of his sisters in Mexico, where she was planning on stealing me and uh, sending me away, giving me to to his sister in Mexico, um, who wasn't able to have kids. Uh, my mom turned the letter into the police and applied for child support. My father then, uh, he had to leave back to Guadalajara. Uh, when I was five, uh, we were in uh, Guadalajara and my mom took me uh, to meet him and told me that, you know, this is your dad. And uh, I was confused because uh, I thought my stepfather was my dad. And uh, I remember uh, a huge farm and uh, billiards. I remember my grandma, she was really nice. She prepared a big uh, pot of menudo. In 1982, my brother Charlie was born. And I was now living in San Gabriel with my mother and my stepdad um, and my little brother. You know, yeah, there were good times, you know, but it was tough, um, you know, for my mom and, and, and us kids, you know. My stepdad would come late at night and, you know, um, I'd cover my, my face and, and my body with the cobija and I'd make a, like a small hole opening or you know I, I could peek through and uh you know I'd watch my my stepdad be all drunk and be screaming and beating my mom almost almost every other payday uh you know after a night out he'd waste all his fucking money and shit uh you know and I tell myself I would never do that to my wife you know uh my stepdad was only nice nice to us actually when he was high 
But as soon as he was out of weed, he'd take it out on all of us. He would, you know, yeah, he would physically and verbally abuse all of us. We were the we were the second house in a row of like five houses. The first house, um, in the first house, there was a Limpy and Creeper, and in the fifth house lived Cisco and Lazy from the Big Bad Sangra gang. So my stepdad would sometimes score weed from them. You know, um, I'd watch him hide behind the house and smoke, and I knew he was doing something bad because, like, why else would he be hiding? You know. So you know, in 1985, my stepdad messed up his back when he was working, so he wasn't able to work anymore. So my mom had to support all of us. You know, she worked hard. She sold food on the side. You know, uh, hemp pants, did whatever. You know, just to make make ends meet. There was always food in the house, and uh, you know, we always had clothes. We had we had clean shoes. Never never starving. You know, um, and I was always into the cure. And, you know, 80s new wave. My, my stepdad always tell me, like, oh, you know, that stuff's gay. You're, you're too much into music. But I didn't care because, you know, when I was five, I knew that I wanted to be a, a dad. I wanted to be a, I want to have a wife. I wanted to provide for, for my family, even as a little kid when I was five. You know, I'd see girls, oh, shit, you know, he's pretty. I'd be like, why, why do they look at their asses, though? Like, you know, like, why are men into asses? But, but then when I was, uh, when I was nine, when I was, how old was I? When I was in, well, actually when I was nine years old, that's, oh shit, that's why men like asses and I became an ass man. And um, my Tio Veto, you know, he was a really big influence on me. You know, he loved The Cure. He still does, to this day he's still alive, thank God. And um, he recorded like tapes, like, you know, the, the latest Cure tape that came out, I find his tape, he recorded for me and, and I'd, have, I'd have a fucking, I'd have a copy. Um, and then, um, in 92, when I was 12, he took me to my first ever concert, which was a cure. It was, it was cool, man. We were, uh, everybody was fucking smoking weed. He wasn't into weed. I wasn't into, I was a fucking kid. But I remember on the way home, we fucking got lost because he was high, you know, because secondhand smoke and shit. But at the concert, he bought me, um, like, a, a, probably me a, tour, a tour poster and the program also for the show. It was cool. And then, uh, but one day, my, my stepdad was pissed off. He said, hey, you know, he saw the poster in my room. He said, hey, take that gay shit down. And he was fucking pissed off, and he took it down, and he ripped it into fucking pieces, you know. And uh, it was fucked up because, you know, I was a big fan, so that, that shit really pissed me off. But fuck it. Um, and then, uh, so, you know, my stepdad was, he wasn't working at the time, so he'd stay home, and um, he'd, you know, beat me and my brother. He'd be fucking beat our ass and shit take it out on us, fucking pick us up and throw us over the fucking couches. Just fucking boom, launch us over the fucking couches. We land on the fucking floor. And then uh, in 86, my brother was, when he was four years old, um, he didn't want to eat fish sticks. We used to eat a lot of fish sticks, but he didn't want to eat fish sticks that day. So um, my stepdad was yelling, come on, eat the fucking fish sticks, you know. And all of a sudden, he, my stepdad just backhands my, my, my brother. And he's in a high chair and he fucking falls down, lands on his fucking arm, fucking arm breaks. My brother's crying, screaming. Um, I said, I took him to the doctor. And when I went to the hospital, I said, oh, no, he, uh, he fell on his own and shit, you know. He's, you know, he, he wasn't going to admit to that shit to go to jail. Um, and then one day, uh, he made us, uh, he would make us drink, like, hot-ass coffee. And, uh, and he'd make us drink boiling hot coffee. And uh, one day, he said, come on, drink the fucking coffee. And I was, like, pissed off. I was like, fuck it. I pounded the coffee. I should burn the shit out of my throat. And uh, he fucking ran over. I was in the corner. He ran over. I was sitting down. 
He fucking hit me with a fucking left hook, fucking overhand right, left hook, fucking uppercut straight to the fucking head, you know, and like what? And I'd be like, what the fuck? Just because I didn't want to drink the fucking, the hot coffee. And then one day he was fucking, he was high as fuck on acid. I guess somebody gave him some fucking acid. And um, I was at home kicking it, you know, with my shirt off. I was a fucking little kid, you know, I was chubby and shit. And he wanted me to go outside. Hey, go outside with your fucking shirt off. I'm like, nah, nah, I'm cool. Hey, go outside with your shirt off. And he fucking started chasing me. Like he wanted to beat the fuck out of me. So I started running around the house. Uh, I ran into my fucking neighbor's house, out the back door, into the front door. He fucking ran right fucking behind me. He was fucking crazy, like fucking possessed and shit, man. That shit was fucking crazy. And then uh, one morning, like in, in 96, around that time in the summers, I, I fucking, ever since I was 14, I'd um, I'd apply for like, you know, a summer job and shit. They used to call that shit career, career partners. It was in, in San Gabriel and shit on um, the corner of, uh, what was it? Uh, Broadway, no, no, Mission and San Gabriel Boulevard. We used to go there in the, in the fucking summertime and fucking, you know, up, you know, work. So my mom wouldn't have to fucking buy me clothes and shit. And so, yeah, so I, I bought myself clothes and shit. And um, one day I was going to wear some some blue Dockers. I guess he thought I fucking wore them too much. And he's like, no, you're not going to wear those fucking Dockers. And my mom was home for, for some reason. She didn't work that day. He's like, leave them alone. Like, you know, he, he bought those fucking pants and they're not gangster pants. Just let them wear them. He's like, nah, fuck that. So he used to have a big, thick-ass weightlifting belt. Those big fucking thick ones that the bodybuilders use. So he runs up to her and he whips her once. Boom. Fucking raises up his arm, fucking whips her again. Boom. I'm in the fucking table, in the kitchen table, watching this. I'm like, fuck this. I ran up, and right when he fucking picked his arm up, I came up from behind, and I got him in a fucking chokehold, and I flipped his ass on the floor, and I held him down from his uh, from his arms, and my brother was holding him down by his, by his legs, and he's fucking squirming like a fucking, like, like a dying roach, man. Like when I fucking kill roaches and shit and they're fucking dying like that, man. Like he's on his back. Like, oh, let me go, let me go, fucking, you know, let me go, let me go. And, you know, we fought to hold his ass down. And then as he heard the fucking, the ambulance, I mean, not the ambulance, the fucking police fucking sirens coming. They kept closer and closer. He fucking, he was fighting harder and harder. Then the fucking cops came. They took over. They took his ass and fucking he, he went to jail. He was. He got booked in Temple City because it was the sheriffs that, that were local. And then after that, my mom went to court and she's like, no, you know, I don't want to press charges anymore. But uh, luckily, um, it's like even if your your spouse doesn't want to press the charges, it's fucking domestic violence. And even if your spouse is, no, 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 let him go, let him go. And you have a change of heart. It doesn't matter because you're fucking breaking, you're breaking the law, you know, so that doesn't matter to them. Matteo Beto knew that, even though, like, uh, there was a father figure at home, but there wasn't a good father figure. So uh, he was always there on birthdays and, you know, special events. He bought me my first CD player. Uh, with the, it was Guns N' Roses, Sweet Child of Mine single, and The Cure, Kiss Me, Kiss Me, Kiss Me. Um, and uh, in 93, on my birthday, uh, Matteo, he came over. He was, he was buzzed. He said, hey, man, like, you wanna you wanna buy you a cake or you want you want some t-shirts? Like, nah, man, I want some t-shirts. So um, we decided to go to Hollywood. That's where back in the day, back in the '90s, you could actually still buy cool stuff. You could buy fucking 
you buy band t-shirts and leather, fucking docks, creepers. Now it's fucking all Echo Unlimited and all that stupid shit. But uh, So we took off in his 79 red uh, Camaro. And we're hauling ass down the street. And we're like in a big ass curve. And some white fool stuck his ass out. You know, like I guess taunting my, my, my uncle. My uncle almost ran his ass over. And then, uh, you know, once we got there, we're looking around and shit in the t-shirt shop. And there was a, a drawing of Jim Morrison, like a pencil drawing. And I told my, I was like, wow, that shit's cool, you know. And I told my uncle, like, hey, that's a cool drawing, man. Like, he's like, you know what, Jose? He's a, uh, you could draw like that, you know. And then uh, I remember still now, man, him telling me that shit made me think like, you know what, fuck. I could do anything, you know, and, and that's the fucking truth. I strongly believe that I could do anything. I, I tell my kids, too, you know, you could fucking, it's not even to be corny or nothing. It's fuck, realistically, I know how to do tons of fucking shit. If you know me personally, you know I know how to fucking do everything. And it's out of necessity, realistically, because, you know, in the early stages, you know, when I was in my 20s and shit, early 20s, I wasn't making a lot of money. I was fucking, you know... Had a household. My wife didn't work. It was just me working, you know, because we want, you know, it's like I took it as, yeah, easily I, I could I could have had my mom take care of my kids. We could have had maybe, you know, her parents or a babysitter. But, you know, even though I was young and it would have been shit easier, like that's my responsibility. Those kids are my kids. The only time I would drop them off is like, let's say we're going to a concert. I drop them off for like, you know, three, four hours and pick them up right away, you know. But it was tough. So in the beginning, you know, fuck, like my car would, would break down or whatever. And um, I'd fucking fix it, you know. i just, you know, look it up, look up how to do it. On You know, internet was, was still kind of early. So YouTube didn't exist back then. This we're talking uh, 2002, 2001. And, um, you know, I'd um, look, look up, you know, how to do step-by-step. And fucking change brakes, radiator, shit like that. And, um, you know, I strongly believe that, you know, God gave me all that knowledge because at the time I didn't have money to, you know, to pay anybody to do it. So he gave me the knowledge to do it, you know. And then from there, like, I learned how to cut hair. I cut my, my son's hair, you know, and I practice on him. You know, in the beginning, he wouldn't want me to cut his hair. But, oh, no, Dad, I don't, I don't want to get a haircut. And, you know, I said, watch, man. Once you're in high school, you're going to want a haircut, you know? Obviously, when you, once you see fucking chicks, you want to be clean and shit. And yeah, man, after that, you fucking want a haircut all, you know, every fucking week, I'd be cutting his hair. And then also, I always wanted to learn how to how to tattoo. You know, I've always been into art. I've always been drawing and shit. I've always loved music. And so, like, in 06, um, with my tax money, um, I bought a tattoo machine. And uh, I didn't really get people. I, I would tattoo my brother and stuff and tattoo my legs and shit. And after a while, I started getting better, but I kind of I kind of stopped doing it. Um, I wish I would have kept going with that. I mean, but it's never too late. I could, I could still fucking do it. But yeah, like, you know, like just out of necessity, learning how to do different fucking things. I mean, I'm not going to fucking say everything, you know, that'll come later. I'll mention, you know. With, with time, other other stories and stuff. But um, I made this podcast, I mean, just to, you know, like, just push it out there. You know, this is my life. And also, if, uh, eventually, I'm going to interview 
guests. I'm going to interview, you know, people from back in the day that I grew up with, their take on stuff and, and like, you know, politics, whatever's on, you know, the new shit that's going on. Um, like, for example, like this, with this whole Corona shit, personally, it, it for me, it's, it's all bullshit. You know, it's like people die of the fucking, of the flu every year, man, you know? So now all of a sudden nobody's dying of the flu. It's all just Corona. Nah, bullshit. And then, um, you know, all this fucking rioting shit where they killed uh, that Floyd guy. And um, all of a sudden everyone's fucking protesting and Corona's over. And now they kind of stopped the fucking protesting. It's, it's not fucking violent anymore. And all of a sudden it's 4th of July and people were, thought they were going to reopen. And all of a sudden, oh, you can't go anywhere because now the fools ain't protesting. Now Corona's back. Oh, and it's fucking, it's it's back fucking 60% higher or whatever the fuck the number is. But it's just all bullshit to scare people and fuck the economy up. You know, I know a lot of people are um, very narrow-minded and they're afraid and they believe fucking the government. Oh, why would they do this and that? But man, we ain't shit but fucking insects, man. We ain't shit but like, like no fucking, like an ant, no fucking squash. You, nobody gonna say shit, you know? Um, you know, just if you look at, for example, September 11th, you know, fucking that's a inside job, fucking, and if you don't believe that, fuck, I'm sorry for you, man. You fucking need to do your own fucking research and look it up. That's what I did. I'm always looking up, looking, you know, having an open mind and shit, look at other ways of looking at things and shit. But, um, and then also, like, you know, all this shit going on with, um, with the black dudes, like, fucking up the eloteros, the... You know, the fucking, the loteras, the paleteros getting killed in Texas and shit. Um, I know mainly um, the, like, the real, the real black OG fools, they don't, they don't believe in that shit, doing that shit, because that, that shit ain't right. But it's mainly all these fucking kids. And I honestly think that maybe the fucking government's paying these motherfuckers to do all this shit, man. The fucked up thing is if this shit continues to happen... I know my people, you know, if you know you're Mexican, you know that that shit keeps happening. There's going to be a fucking order from up top. And they're going to be killing these black dudes, man, which is fucked up because it's just a couple of these fools that are doing this, this bullshit. You know, it's many fucking kids that don't fucking have no respect. And that's what it is, man. But, it, you know, it's an unspoken thing where you don't fuck with, with kids. You don't fuck with old people. You don't fuck with women. And these motherfuckers don't give a fuck. And they're making easy money, you know, and which, which is fucked up. We outnumber them, but we outnumber the whites, we outnumber everybody. And yet, you know, we're, we'd rather fucking sell you something, fucking make you something, do work for you, you know, than, than to be doing that shit, you know? Like, you know, for example, you see us, you know, you see um, people, you see us selling fruit, oranges and shit. And right next to us would be some, some white dude begging for fucking for money and shit. That, that, that's not us, man. We're not going to do that shit. And so, you know, and, and the fucked up thing is the cops will come harass the fucking, the lotero, the fucking, the fool selling oranges and the fool that's fucking begging for, for fucking money. They'll leave, let his ass alone, leave him alone and shit, you know? And it, it's fucked up. You know, when I was working in fucking Beverly Hills and shit up a year ago, you know, I'd be working and shit and early, you know, early in the morning and shit and we'd be there in the fucking stores, man. Like I'd be, you know, um, exterminating and doing shit at the, these fucking big stores and shit, these high-end fucking stores. And, you know, in there also would be the um, the cleaning crews, you know, Mexican people 
South American people cleaning and shit. And um, let me realize, like, fuck, you know, like, we really make this shit fucking. We make this this whole fucking California, United States, we make this shit run, man. Like, there's, like, you know, paisas and, and bikes, you know, delivering food and shit. Doing, you know, shit that these motherfuckers wouldn't do. I, I would see, you know, just like what you see on TV, you see, like, Mexican ladies with the white kids, you know, taking them fucking here and there and shit. And the parents, I mean, the Mexican people are more in their fucking lives and shit. And it's fucked up. But, you know, I'm just the same as they are, you know. Like, we make the shit, we make the shit run, man. And uh, even though because of us, everything keeps going and shit, they're, ne they're never going to see us as fucking Americans. But fuck it, you know. We just got to keep going and going. And and to the to the point of where people say that fucking, um, oh, there's racism and shit. Yeah, there's fucking racism and shit, you know. I never really experienced it firsthand. You know, just sometimes white people, you go somewhere, they'll fucking mad dog you and shit. And, but, you know, mad dog ain't doing shit. As long as they don't fucking touch me, there ain't no fucking problem, you know? But, uh, you know, no white person never fucking stopped me from going to fucking school. It's my fucking fault that I don't want to fucking learn. You know, I could have done fucking better. But um, I, didn't li I didn't like school. Fuck no. I didn't like school. And to this day, I don't fucking like school. And... They can't stop you. That's actually me, the way I work. Fucking, if they, if they, if they would have been racist to me, like, fuck, you, you tell me I can do something, I'm going to fucking show you I could do it. And better than how the fuck you thought I, I could do it, you know? But everybody's different. Um, and I don't think it's cool that people use that shit as a fucking excuse. Oh, fucking white, the white man didn't let me do shit, man. The motherfuckers can't stop you from doing nothing, man. We stop ourselves. And if we were to see, we're really hardworking. If we were to, if we, or we had the opportunity where we, we didn't have to work and we focused all this fucking energy into actually learning some shit, man, we'd fucking run the shit. Well, I mean, we already do. We, we're the ones behind the scenes, but we'd be getting fucking the money that we're supposed to be getting fucking paid because we'd fucking be the doctors. We'd be the lawyers. We'd be fucking these fucking high paying, you know, in these high paying positions. You know, turning all that fucking hard work into actual, you know, uh, learning, you know, because fuck, it just goes both ways, man. But I mean, we all got to fucking, like like Rodney King said, we all got to fucking get along, you know, because um, uh, we all got to fucking, we're already already fucking here. We all got to fucking find a way to, um, you know, keep it moving and shit, you know, but fuck, well, with all this, everyone's all fucking sensitive now. And recording shit, you can say, you can't even say something because you can fucking get fired or, you know, some fun of fucking, oh, that fucking offends me and this and that. And that's why people will fucking, you know, like they have no respect. Like, man, like before, man, you knew not to look at no one's fucking woman, man, because you get fucked up. Now it's like nobody has no fucking respect. Motherfuckers will bump in you, you know, and um, look at you a certain way. Before people had respect because they knew they'd get fucked up. they get fucking take flight on your fucking ass. But nowadays, everyone's just too fucking soft. Everyone tries to be all fucking, fuck this, that's gangster, and blah, blah, blah. But they don't even know what the fucking half about being a fucking gangster or being around motherfuckers. That's the thing. All right. So that was uh, episode one. And, the you know, the first installment of... Uh, my life, the life of ranting with Ramos. And uh, thanks for listening. And everyone, uh, be safe out there. And um, look out for the next one. Should be coming in about a week. And God bless everyone.